Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Keyshawn. Good morning, Jay. What up, Max? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN2, presented by Progressive Insurance. Mike Reese will join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Um, what were your biggest takeaways from last night's game? Biggest takeaways, Key? It rained! No. <laughs> um, I mean... Go ahead. It was exciting. I guess that would be a takeaway. It, by um, the way, it w- w- turned out the way you predicted, give or take. You predicted a slightly wider score, but it was going to be that kind of game. Yeah, I said it would be 17-9. That was know. the kind of game it was. It was a 17-9 field goal-ish. But it, it, the defense of, of New England certainly gave, Bell, uh, gave Tom Brady a, a little bit of confusion. Um, you know, I thought that New England had a chance to win the game multiple times and, and take away uh, the game a couple times when the momentum shifted their way. I thought, that, uh-oh, here we go. He's getting ready to be on the other side of what people went through for 20 years, but it didn't turn out that way. Going into Foxborough for 20-plus years when you're the opposing team, what happened to, to Tom Brady in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wasn't supposed to happen. It was supposed to be the other way around. Hmm. When New England got momentum, like in the past, they would just pour it on. Yep. And then you look up, and again, it's a wrap. But that didn't happen for whatever weird reasons. And in the end, a little doink. And uh, doink, doink. Brady goes out. It wasn't, he goes out with a W, but I don't think that. Satisfact that that was satisfactory to him. No, the way that they won. Mm-mm. You De- know, I mean, they got to win, but definitely not. I walked away last night thinking, late night, tired as hell. Man, like, just I need to figure out what Bill Belichick knows about Tom Brady, how he's designed that defense, and all the different variety of looks and changes that he's done because. Brian Flores has had success against Tom Brady to a degree. Matt Patricia has had success against Tom Brady to a degree. Like, it feels like people under the Bill Belichick umbrella know slighter details differently than the rest of the league does as it relates to how to slow Tom Brady down. Well, I mean, there's something we haven't discussed. There's something- yeah, I, I know. There's something we haven't discussed yet. And by the way, my biggest takeaway, my biggest takeaway was when we say Belichick or Brady, what we're really asking is, what's the Patriots' way? And more than anything, forget about the process. The, what comes out to the fan is the Patriot way seems to always result in they get all the breaks. They win the close games. The, the, the ball doinks off the, 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 the goalpost for the other team, but their field goal goes through. That's now in Tampa. Well, they got a couple of them last night, though. They got a couple of them Patriot flags for sure. It was like... But the most important hey, play. There you go. <laughs> Move the chains. Vinatieri back in the day, like that goes through. Nowadays, almost no, not quite. But they were right there though with the rookie quarterback yeah. though, Max. I mean that that's oh, yeah. and, and it's no, almost like got- post Jordan era, like the Bulls. Like you're never going to get right back there, but they were still in the sweet spot to have won that game. They All for right. sure got some Patriot breaks last night though. Oh, yeah, they did. Couple late flags. Couple pass interference calls. It was like, wait a minute, man, that dude ain't nowhere near that ball. Yeah. But that's the way that the Patriots have always operated. Look, in the end, they played a they they played the best they could play as a team and didn't win. Tampa Bay played the worst they could play and won. 
Yeah, right. In the end, they're eight and twelve since Brady left. That's the truth. And Tampa Bay won a Super Bowl, and they only have one yeah, loss but on this season. That, that ain't Mike, that eight and twelve ain't even real though. Mike Reese, well, extenuating circumstances. Mike Reese joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, guys. What a night last night. That was a great atmosphere. What was your biggest takeaway? We've been talking about our biggest takeaways. Well, so can I give you two? I mean, I would start with the pregame felt like a Super Bowl. I mean, guys, I I don't remember the last game I've been to other than a Super Bowl that both quarterbacks got cheered like they did before the game. You know, and the way Brady came out and the place erupted when he first came out and then Mac Jones came out like five minutes later and the place went nuts. I mean, it was sort of a special environment to be there. The rain was falling. So there was that aspect of it. And then, of course, the end result of the game. I think my biggest takeaway is that really sort of to amplify what you just said, the Patriots probably did everything they could in that game, and they still came up short. So I think there's some encouraging things for them. Um, But, you know, moral victories, we don't really do those, right? And so at the end of the day, the Buccaneers came away with the win that I'm accustomed to seeing the Patriots usually get over the years yeah that is correct uh mike when you are sitting there in that stadium and there's the whole you know three hours before the game starts and i'm sure you're there and here comes the bus and the motorcade and the fans are outside and just a whole thing going on did the fans react the way that you expected them to Keyshawn, they first of all the fans brought it I mean, they created a special atmosphere, and they actually surprised me a little bit in the sense of this. When Tom, it was this, like, celebrate Tom, celebrate Tom, and I'm sure you heard this on the broadcast, when he took the field, once the game started, you actually heard some boos. And to me, it wasn't that they were booing Tom as much as they had made the transition to, okay, we celebrated everything he did for us, Now the game has started, he's the opponent. And I just thought that was fascinating that the fans were able to make that transition almost in unison because I wasn't expecting to hear any real boos going into the night, but I think the way the night played out where Tom was so celebrated, they were chanting Brady, Brady, Brady when he took the field, Um, you know. And then once the game started, it was almost like, okay, you know, we've done what we came to do to celebrate him. Now he's the enemy, mm-hmm. like they said. And I, I thought I give the fans a lot of credit for that. How, how do you think the fans, better yet, how did Mac Jones, how impressive was he to the fans and yourself? He won him over, Key. You know, if, if, if there was any doubt, and people have been encouraged with him, even though, you know, he's been a little bit up and down through his first three games leading into this one. The way he played last night, 31 of 40 for 275, the two touchdowns, the one interception at one point completing 19 straight passes, the longest streak for a rookie in over 40 years, taking over the marks that Russell Wilson had it with 16. I think everyone came out of this game up here, fans, media covering the team, thinking that that was a big step forward for Mac Jones in, in, in that environment. The moment wasn't too big for him. Yeah, Mike, seeing, seeing a rookie quarterback carve up that secondary, I know that's an issue for Tampa Bay, but it was definitely impressive. But what did you make of the quick exchange hug 
of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I know they met for 20 minutes in the back, but the public quick exchange, what did you make of that? Well, Jay, I I think I buried the lead, actually. I'm glad you asked the question, because when Max asked at the start, what's your biggest takeaway, I probably should have started there. The biggest takeaway happened behind closed doors that no one saw, but I want to take you guys there. I mean, it's probably midnight last night. All the reporters are coming down to the locker room area to go through the interviews, and people are waiting outside the Buccaneers visitors' locker room, And what happens? Bill Belichick comes walking down the tunnel, never seen this before, and just walks right into the visitor's locker room. And everyone says that all the reporters out there are saying, did we just see what we think we saw, that Bill Belichick just walked into the Buccaneers locker room? And he's in there for about 20 minutes, and we're all standing there, and Belichick walks out, and about 10 seconds later, Brady walks out, He was in the locker room talking to Brady for about 20 minutes after the game. And so, Jay, to answer your question, I think what you saw after the game was choreographed. Hey, let's just, for optics-wise, I'm going to, you know, we're going to have a handshake or whatever the hug is, but then let's talk after the game. And I do know that um, Bill had reached out to Tom to set that up. And to me, that, of everything, I think that was one of my biggest takeaways of what unfolded last night. I was not expecting that. Mike Reese, ESPN Patriot reporter, not outside Gillette Stadium this early morning, (laughs) uh, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. So now we're, as Bill would say, we're moving on. Okay? All the hoopla's over. We're concentrating on the next game. The Patriots have dropped Mike three straight at home. Um, so when you think about that, where do they go from here? What's next? So, so the, well, they're going to Houston, which is probably a good thing for them, given the way the Texans have played, right? So if you're looking for a win, that's probably the, the next opponent you want to see. But, Key, I know what you're saying, and I think what, what they need to do is stop turning the ball over, Right. I mean, Bill made the point this morning in his radio interview that the one game they didn't turn it over, they won the game. So and 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 really just make that one play that puts you over the hump. Right. If Nick Folk hits that 56 yard field goal, who knows, maybe they kick off to Brady and Brady drives down and they get a field goal. But you could look key at their three losses season opener to Miami, week three to the Saints, they had opportunities late in each of those games to win, to make the play, to put them over the the top, and they haven't done it. And so I think that's where they are right now, which is in these games when that critical situation arises, can you rise up and make the play to turn those L's into W's? That is the question, and that is Mike Reese. Thank you, Mike, on the Goodyear Hotline. Brought to you by Goodyear, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear more driven. This is Keyshawn J. Willemax coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17. Brought to you by Chase. The cheetah's back, and that's scary news for the rest of the NFL. Key's week four observations next. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio and ESPN2.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. We are asking on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, which team had the most impressive win on Sunday? Bunch of teams to choose from. We'll get to your calls after key observations, and key observations is brought to you by GEICO. Happy Geico-ween. Switch to GEICO and see if, see if saving money is in your future. All right, let's get right to it, Key. What are your key observations? Number one. Yeah, you take a look at the the Kansas City Chiefs and that offense. It's just clicking. I mean, yeah, it makes up for the defense. The defense is struggling right now, especially in the secondary, but Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and and Kelsey and whatever else they got going, just crazy. Alaire's coming to the party now. He's adding something to it. But Tyreek Hill, He's in a box by himself as far as a playmaker. He's not a receiver. He is a whatever-I-want-to-do type player. That's what he is. And that offense is, that offense is going to carry him possibly back to the Super Bowl. Number two. Number two, Buffalo. AFC contenders again. Mm-hmm. Look, they went out there, and I know you're going to tell me it's the Houston Texans. I don't give a damn. They did what they were supposed to do. They took them to the woodshed. They didn't get them no room to breathe whatsoever they dominated from beginning to end and that is the way you're supposed to take and embarrass bad football teams it shouldn't be 17 13 and I had to kick a field goal it should be 33 nothing and I'm putting in the subs number three Cowboys performance says it all more O than Carolina's D when you think about Amari Cooper coming to the party, I hear people talk about Amari Cooper all the time. Oh, he's not a top-flight receiver. Well, that's not true. Ezekiel Elliott, 145 yards on the ground in a plunge for a touchdown, 60, a 46-yard burst of a run. Then you got Cedric Wilson. Where did he come from all of a sudden? C.D. Lamb, the offensive line, Trayvon Diggs. But what can I say other than they'll probably be in the NFC Championship game playing possibly like the Arizona Cardinals which, by the way, number four, Mighty Mouse. Ooh, he ain't taking the cheese. Not at all. All he does is go out there and balls week in and week out. 
That's all he does every single week. Scrambling around, throwing the ball, throwing deep, finding new receivers. Oh, you thought you had me. Nope, you don't. Oh, magic. Oh, I'll slide down on you after I pick up 20. The Arizona Cardinals are for real. Yes, I said it, Jason Williams. Thank the you. Arizona Cardinals are for real this week. <laughs> number five. And number five, stop moving the damn goalposts on Lamar Jackson. One minute, he needs to evolve in the offensive passing game. One minute, he doesn't have any receivers because they're dropping balls. One minute, we don't know what type of quarterback he really is in the NFL. One minute, this. One minute, that. Like, stop moving it. You should be happy and satisfied. This dude is sick. Ridiculously sick. Yes, it looks like Friday night lights football out there, but I'll take that any day of the week if I'm going to win games any day of the week with Lamar Jackson. Mm. Pay that man. Well, they're going to pay him. They're going to give him $500 million or whatever they're going to give him. Who's still doubting Lamar Jackson, though? Oh, there's plenty of people. He's been spectacular. This He was better than Patrick Mahomes. That's why well, his team won. It's, it's about the offense. It's about the passing game. Because he doesn't do it the way that traditional-looking people do it. The tall, in-the-pocket stand-up, pat the ball, stand there and get hit in your head. No, he doesn't do that. He pulls it down, he runs, he doesn't pull it down, he throws, he gets it to his receivers. All his receivers got to do is catch the football. He had one crazy pass outside the numbers yesterday, Marquise Hollywood-Brown. It was He has a couple of crazy passes. Hollywood Hollywood Brown dropped three touchdowns last week. He went and got that one deep. In Denver's territory yesterday. If he does that, there is they don't even need Rashad Bateman. It would be a luxury to have him, but right now they don't need him. The only criticism which was fair of Lamar Jackson was he have to do two things if you're a great quarterback in the AFC. You gotta beat Mahomes and the Chiefs at some point, and you gotta win playoff games. And every year you've seen the progression of Lamar in the categories that are most important, right? He, he was losing to Mahomes, losing to Mahomes. He was losing in the playoffs and looking bad. Then he was losing in the playoffs and looking better. Then he's winning in the playoffs. And then this year he beat Patrick Mahomes. But wouldn't you say the bar is now he's got to win a couple playoff games to keep it going? He's in his fourth year in the National Football League. The dude took his team to the playoffs three straight years in a row with diapers on. And people talk about the evolution of his passing game. They need to do this with his passing game. Well, no, no, I'll say it again. If somebody that was a traditional passer gave you 350 yards of total yards and three touchdowns, we wouldn't be saying nothing. If he gives you 250 in the air and 100 on the ground and three touchdowns, we're going to complain that he didn't do enough. That's what they do. No, it's nuts. There's not a lot of room in the top five, right? And who says it has to be top five? Key, I'm with you. Ooh. Like, it's not arbitrary. It's, there are levels. However many people fit in that level, there are levels. However, if you do say top five in the NFL. I like dudes that win, man. For sure. That's but, all I like. But there aren't, there's not that much room. So you have the, the three dudes who are going to be there are Mahomes and, and Rogers, Rogers and Brady, right? Like, those three are going to be in any top five lift list. That leaves two spots. You saw what Kyler did, Lamar, Josh Allen. They're a Dak. They're you, a know what I, you know what I tell you, though, Max? Do you like vanilla ice cream? Yeah. Do you like butter pecan? I do. Do you like chocolate? Man, I just like ice cream. You just like ice cream? I just like Just ice like cream. I just like winning. Yeah. It's all different flavors of ice cream. It's all different ways to win. Those guys that you name win one way. This guy wins another. But if I said, Key, who's, who's, who are your top five? You have to choose five. You only get five. Someone's not going to be there. But but that's true. You could if but, you but start you, if you start Jay, 
squeezing the numbers down and only giving me five, there's 32 quarterbacks. And some of them are going to be outside that five, but I still would take them. Yeah, you'd say that's on the same level as some of the dudes in the five. Coaches don't live their lives by rankings. That's what we do as fans because we like it. Well, we're not coaches. No, no. Well, well, I'm saying if you're looking at from a – like a player perspective or a coaching well, perspective, coach. right? You're like, coaching. Yeah. Hey, okay, rank your guys, but still, they're guys six, seven, eight, or nine. Like wherever you want to have no, Kyler Murray, I'm going to take Kyler Murray too. He is, might be seven. Is the know. question: Would I take Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson over Aaron Rodgers? No, no, I'm not going to take Lamar Jackson over Aaron Damn Rodgers. No, but if Aaron Rodgers misses his flight and I had to take Lamar Jackson, I ain't gonna have no problem taking him. Lamar take- or Dak. I'll take either because I'm happy with either one of them. Okay, I understand, I understand e- what he's I'm saying. I'm happy with I either one. What he's saying is it's silly to, to rank them five or six because they're, they're, they're virtually the same in terms of value to the team. Yes. I understand that. I can, I can win with either quarterback because what I'm going to do is I'm going to specifically put my game plan to fit Lamar's skill set and be happy with it. Courses for courses. Dr. Pepper, call in line 888-SAY-ESPN-729-3776. Which team had the most impressive win on Sunday, Mike, in Phoenix? Well, he's from Phoenix. What do you think? The Cardinals. <laughs> uh, Straight-up answer is what are you looking at for a team for the Super Bowl? You've got a top-tier offense and above-average defense right there and there. How about how about this key? I bet you can't guess who this person's going to say had the best win. Avery in Arlington, Illinois, Chicago. Who had the best win? Yeah. Key, you're absolutely right. I'm so excited that the Bears got a win, but I'm even more excited that Matt Nagy decided to give up play calling for the better of the team. Oh. That is the most impressive thing that I've seen this season. Dear to well, he did heart. it last year too. It's the same thing he did last year. Smart on him. Okay, now I got a curveball for you, Key. Okay. Dennis in Delaware, who had the most impressive win in Delaware. Who knows? No, I think it was the uh, Seattle Seahawks over San Francisco. Otherwise, they would have lost three games in a row. Plus, I'm so excited to see Trey Lance next week go into Arizona as the uh, probably the new quarterback. And then uh, Sunday night's game is going to be awesome, you know, with Buffalo going to. Kansas City, but yeah, I like the Seahawks win a lot yesterday, guys. Yeah, see, Seattle, they hung in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they hung in and played well. This big, week went the way I thought it, it would. I was so happy. But Seattle, it made sense. Seattle, San Francisco, they trade out. One wins at home. The other, you know, they'll San Francisco go to Seattle and lose. I mean, and win. And Seattle will lose at home. Just bigger loss for San Fran losing Jimmy G. That's a. I mean, I know you insert Trey Lance, but just look at. Rookies' records right now and how they're playing in the league. It's been a tough year for the rookies. Yeah. By the way, they went out and got Trey Lance partly because they can't rely on Jimmy G's health. Yeah, he's always always with Jimmy G. On top of Jimmy G, I like Kyle Shanahan. Come on, man. I like Kyle, but as I open that that book and I start peeling it back and looking at it, outside of that Super Bowl, and I know injuries played a part in his tenure in San Francisco – they have played a, a part, but but what I would say is, outside that Super Bowl, man, he ain't giving me a whole lot. what happened to that, like, the Atlanta offense. He ain't giving me a whole lot. I hear you, Key. The Atlanta offense, though, when Shanahan was there, it was like, damn, the league's going to have to deal with this for the foreseeable future. As soon as he leaves, man. Yeah, but, but as a head coach, 
he really hasn't given me a lot. And as I a know, head coach. As a head coach. And I know there was injuries that was sprinkled in there some. And I know people think he's an offensive innovator and all that. And Got blah, to the blah, Super Bowl. Blah. Okay, that's fine. That's what I said. Outside the Super Bowl. Designed to play that should have won the Super Bowl. Before the Super Bowl, eh. After the Super Bowl, eh. That's all I'm saying. And there's injuries. Yeah, I was going to say, they've been playing with injuries. injuries, But still, though, it it just don't look right to me. Well, people have... Is it more the injury aspect, or is it more the design? Like you, as a wide receiver, is it the it's design? Not, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not his design of plays. He he has good designs and thoughts and game. The way he calls games, it's just for whatever reason. Prior to the Super Bowl, so if I told you this, just off the top of my head, and I swear to you, Jay, I don't know. It's all from the eyeballs. If I told you who had a better record in their coaching tenure, Matt Nagy. Or Shanahan, who would you say? Kyle Shanahan. You would automatically assume? Yes. Not yeah, well, you better go pull that up and look at it. Because I just from my eyeballs, I think it's Matt Nagy. Mm. And, and that just sounds bad, right? Well, they have. I mean, Jimmy G's missed a lot of games, and they usually lose the games Jimmy I, G I, has. I, I get that. it. Let me fact check I get that. the quarterback has been injured. I, I get but all Nagy's of that. also had quarterback issues. I get that. Point. But yep. just from my eyeballs, right. win-loss total, I feel like. Jay, Matt Nagy has an up on you. That's interesting. Jay is going to – he has the athlete eyeball test, the Parcellian eyes for sure. Jay going to look that up. All right, boys, you ready for this? Yeah. Kyle Shanahan winning percentage, 46.5. Matt Nagy winning percentage, 59. What? I, I just – yeah, I just – What? Off, off my eyes, it just tell me that. You can make numbers say anything you want. Dan Orlovsky, what? But Dan likes Kyle and I do, too. So I'm just saying it, Dan. Without Garoppolo, he never wins. Like, Shanahan only wins with Garoppolo. It's funny to me. That's all. Because when I look at at some of these offensive guru-type coaches that had Peyton Manning or or Matt Ryan or Tom Brady, and then they go somewhere else, you know, whether it's Josh or or Kyle or – and they, Bill Belichick. Well, their offenses aren't good, but their defense is what carried them. You're not saying that about Kyle, though, correct? No. When when Kyle went to the Super Bowl, that defense carried them. Offense did okay. You were talking San Francisco? Carried. I'm just talking about Key. in general, though. He, they, they were a top five offense that year. I get that, but we, we talked about their defense. We didn't talk about their offense when they went to the Super Bowl. We praised their defense. We praised the, the Richard Shermans and the Bosa. Yeah, their defense was That's great. That's what but we praised. It, but But – it was a top five offense. I understand I mean, best that. run game but in football talk, that year. My whole point is we talked about the defense. We never praised their offense. And, and so when you look at it, it's just like, why do they get this? Like Matt Nagy, like we don't even talk about it. He got hired based on being an offensive mind. But we talk about the Bears' defense where they win games. It's like, ah. Uh, it's just weird to me. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Well, because I think since Nagy's been their head coach, I think the number is something like they score 18 or 19 a game. So the only reason that the winning percentage is X is because the defense has been so good. Yeah, speaking of defense versus offense, the Bears, it's all about the defense. At least when Kyle Shanahan has Garoppolo, they've been pretty good offensively. No, they've been okay offensively. There's nothing wrong with their, their offense with Garoppolo. That's Dan Orlovsky you uh, hear. Dulcet tones of Dan Orlovsky. That's a compliment, Dan. Um, Dan Orlovsky is giving the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. What was your biggest takeaway from Brady's return to Foxborough? That the greatest situational football player ever was good enough in the greatest situation or in, in those situational football moments. It wasn't pretty, but it was pretty enough. You know, I mean, the, 
The two-minute drive that they get right before the half, Brady leads him down and goes gets three. And then they get the ball in. People can point to, well, the, the missed third down and eight on the go route to A.B. First of all, catch that's it. a dime, mm-hmm. so catch, catch it. it. But the third and six before that is the one that gets him in the field goal range. And if he doesn't get that third and six to A.B., the out route to the left, they got to punt the football, and they never take the lead. So, like, in a, in a game – and a lot of people, you know, we talked about it this morning for the production call and get up. You know, it, was, it wasn't that entertaining. I think it's one of the more impressive wins that I've watched Brady go and get. Think of the emotion, the 20 years, the buildup. And then all of a sudden, you got to go win the game on the road, in the rain, without Gronk, man. Like, that is so hard to do. And with the greatest defensive mind ever against you on the opposite sideline, made enough plays. You know, and for the guy that we've kind of had the description in his career of, Find a way. He just has always found a way to make the play at the right moment to win the game. He did it again, and uh, I thought that was a big deal. No, he certainly did do it again. He just, I mean, terrific time. What else can you say, right? He he took care of business. But when you look at it from the other side, he mentioned, Dan mentioned nerves, uh, the emotions. You could certainly look at Tom Brady in the game and tell some of the throws that were overthrows or slightly behind guys, he was being extra cautious because of that. He yeah. did, last thing he did, he did not want to have pick sixes happen or screw up the game. You could just right. totally tell. And then when you look at the other side of the New England Patriots, there was a lot of young quarterbacks that performed yesterday. Dan um, out of the field, whether it was Trey Lance or Zach Wilson or yeah. Justin Fields and Mac Jones, they all took the field. Who was the most impressive to you? Uh, the most impressive, probably performance-wise, was Mac Jones. I, mean, I was told last week by everybody that their young quarterback shouldn't play because none of them are ready. No, they just got to play. <laughs> it, it just so happens that football is a game that you get better at the more you do it. And this past week, all those young quarterbacks took steps forward. I think the thing that was so underrated, and Chris, Chris Collinsworth talked about it a little bit last night on the broadcast, Mac playing so well under chaos I mean, they are not protecting him. He is getting beat up, and he's making really good, quick decisions. That was his superpower coming out of the draft, you know, was getting rid of the football so quickly and and making good decisions and placing it where it needs to be placed. But I thought they all had a really good week. You know, Trevor was really good on Thursday night football. Zach Wilson had two or three throws yesterday. You go, yep, that's the second pick of the draft. Trey Lance had some big plays. I thought Justin Fields was excellent yesterday. I mean, excellent and then Mac last night did everything he could to kind of lead one of the bigger upsets, so to speak. Um, certainly to. in the first month of the season, yeah. Yeah, he tried to. He looked. He looked to he me looked good, man. a lot like young Tom Brady. No doubt. He was skittish at times. He looked a little nervous, but I could, I could understand that certainly. Can we talk about a quarterback that wasn't that great? What do you do if you're the Steelers? Where do you go? Mike Tomlin has got to make the difficult decision to move on from Ben Roethlisberger. It's at the time. end of the season. No, I would say now. Can't do it now. Man. All right, here's my question. This, I think two, it's ga- two games that. before they get into bro, their bye week. Two games it. before their bye week. Bro, they're one and three. I know, but I can't do it. But, but, that, but you get paid to do a lot to make tough decisions. Yeah, guy Tell like me, me why not doing it. Because I don't have nothing behind me. We don't think. We don't I know. know I'm, I'm in the building. So, But they did it to Eli a couple years ago. 
Tough decision. But that Dude, key, they're they the, drafted that for Eli, and, right? And I get that, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, they got caught with their pants down. What's the succession plan? But, Why but, did we mention Giants? But they're they're a blocked punt away from being 0-4. I get it. Mm-hmm. In the, they have the worst offense in the NFL the last two years. Mm-hmm. I understand. So, and the offensive lines, they're not good. But they weren't atrocious yesterday. This, the Packers don't have a great rush. Ben still won't throw the ball downfield. You, I think Mike Tomlin has got to sit there and be like, am I ready to make this tough decision? They are not a good football team offensively. They're wasting a championship-caliber defense. Can't do it. I, if, I think you're paid to do it. That's I, the thing. I can't do it right now. What do you think? You think you're going to see something different over the next two or three weeks? I, I just they can't do the ball it. Short. You can't do it to Roethlisberger, you're saying? Do it. I can't do he it. He can't do it to uh, Roethlisberger. Season, uh, we're not winning the division anyway. So, Man, that, I got, who do, I so got, what's more important? I get that, and your point, but is it not more important if you realize, honestly, we're not good, we ain't good enough to get into the playoffs. They're not. They're not a playoff football team. Is it not more important to go, okay, we have this young player in Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins, and we have no plan for the future. Is it important for us to figure it out? It's hard for 20 years or however long Ben's been there to do that. I'm with you. The argument is, as the Lakers did with Kobe toward the end of a legend's career, how does the franchise treat that guy? Especially in a year where you're not going anywhere. It's an interesting, you know, debate. It's an interesting, like, conflict in terms of points of view. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it as always. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
on J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80. We had Dan Orlovsky on in the last segment, and this is what he had to say, ESPN football analyst, of course, and this is what he had to say about potential quarterback change in Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin has got to make the difficult decision to move on from Ben Roethlisberger. That's the end of the season. No, I would say now. Can't do it now. All right, here's my question. This, I think it's two, ga- two games that. before they get into bro, their bye week. Two games it. before their bye week. Bro, they're one and three. I know, but I can't do it. But, but, that, but you get paid to do a lot to make tough decisions. Yeah, guy Tell like, me why not doing it. Because I don't have nothing behind me. We don't think. We don't I know, know though. I'm, I'm in the building. So, but they did it to Eli a couple years ago. Tough decision. But that, Dude, key, they the, drafted that for Eli, and, right? And I get that, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, they got caught with their pants down. What's the succession plan? We're, Why but, did we mention Giants? But they're, they're a blocked punt away from being 0-4. I get it. In mm-hmm. the, they have the worst offense in the NFL the last two years. Mm-hmm. I understand. So, and the offensive lines, they're not good. But they weren't atrocious yesterday. The, the Packers don't have a great rush. Ben still won't throw the ball downfield. This is bizarre to me. Guys, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a good team. They needed in the last couple of years at some point to draft Ben Roethlisberger's successor. Clearly, that was not Mason Rudolph. I think they got him in the third round, right? It didn't work out. It's not him. Dwayne Haskins, they pick up. Maybe it could be him. I don't know. But it does not seem to me like they prepared for this moment, Key. And now you're saying you can't take him out. But he's getting destroyed out there yeah but you can't it, it here's why you the reason you can't though is the dude has a history right he's a, he's a champion and the organization they bring him back they give him you know small reduction on his salary everybody makes it seem like he took this major pay cut it was not a major pay cut it was like pennies on the dollar and so you start the season off by saying he's gonna he's gonna be the guy for this year now you're at one in three you're already behind the eight ball. You might as well let him ride it all the way out. You don't just, what do you think, inserting one of these other guys into the lineup is going to all of a sudden ignite? I mean, we're not talking about you putting Lamar Jackson in when Flacco was struggling. That's right. Here's, here's my question to you. You have mentioned take, putting your arms around young quarterbacks yeah. to help their development. There's another school of thought. I don't think anyone disagrees with that, but they're like, yeah, but you get better. Orlovsky just said it by playing. It's not Mason Rudolph. If they think it's Dwayne Haskins, if that was their plan, at what point does he start to get reps? Toward the end of the season. So when we are mathematically eliminated, that's when. Jay, you know what? I agree with that. The key is talking the old school way of doing it. That's Parcelli and I always say that, that I'm a Giants fan. So are you. I grew up watching Parcells coach the Giants. That seems to be that's what I'm used to. I agree with that way of doing it. You know, look, potato, potato. I, I'm a believer of the, the sooner I can get a young guy in there to give him reps and give him an opportunity. If my if my champion feels like he's not performing at a high level, it, it's my job to save him from himself sometimes. And the QBR right now for Ben is not good. It's 28th in the league. But tw- isn't how it, many teams? It's 28th in but the league. 32 teams. But he's it, at the bottom. But to Key's point, Jay, I, I, if I, you put a young quarterback in a position to fail, then yes, he'll develop just through reps, but he may not develop the way you want him to. I also want my, my guy that is one of the linchpins of my franchise to be standing when it's all said and done. Uh-huh. I want him to be standing. So, like, you know, we do, you know, 
you, you hear guys talk every single Sunday about playing National Football League, about how intense it is. And when I watch Ben out there, it's not like a guy is that fluid. He can move around. Grab me. He, he scored that TD pass the other day, and he was celebrating. I was happy for him. I was like, man, I, I can't tell you the last time I saw Ben throw like a 25-yard-plus pass <laughs> now, for a TD. Like, it was, everybody was it, celebrating. Like, it was the Super Bowl. If they had drafted a guy and that guy was on that roster right now and it was a Lamar Jackson, uh, one of these young quarterback types, then, yeah. Yeah, I would – I would a dynamic player. Yeah, because I know going into the season, the communication lines would have been open as such as if you don't do this, we've already drafted a guy a la Eli Manning, Daniel Jones. Isn't that Haskins as a reclamation project? He went 15th yeah, in the difference that draft. though. You picked him up off the streets yep. as a reclamation project, so we don't have enough information in our system. About him. Okay, it's, so we really think in, in, in the real world, Mike Tomlin's just going to sit back and be like, all right. No, but okay. Mike Tomlin might we'll think fight, that. We'll fight, but I've never finished below 500 in my career. Mike Tomlin might think that even with Roethlisberger looking like this at this moment, he gives them the best chance to win any single game. Here's the question. This is what I mean by getting caught with their pants down. They are not ready for this moment, and it was obvious from last year this moment was coming and soon, right? However, if you just dropped – an excellent veteran quarterback onto this Steelers team, all of a sudden they would be contending, you would think. Maybe because they got a defense. Offensive line's not very good, but you no, probably could you probably could get a, a veteran quarterback three, four weeks ago to learn the system. I'm, I'm thinking you know? next year, like Aaron Rodgers. It, do you think Pittsburgh is? I'm not saying he's gonna go to Pittsburgh. I'm saying, is that a team he would even consider, do you think? Next year. Um I, I don't know what he would consider, but I ain't leaving Green Bay to go to Pittsburgh. Because what I got in Green Bay offensively, I don't have in Pittsburgh. I agree with that. Why would I? I why would I do that? I just love. Did you see? Did you see the moment that happened yesterday on the field? It was an incredible moment. Aaron Rodgers is trying to squeeze in another play. Mike Tomlin in the chess match called a timeout. Aaron Rodgers, Mike Tomlin locked eyes. Mike Tomlin gave him the head nod. Aaron smiled like that. That that connection is something that people will dig into a lot more, considering there's respect on that level. It was, it was an interesting moment during the game that is viral right now. Yeah, I don't know that Pittsburgh does give him a better chance to win. I wonder if it's just about chance to win. If, if he, I think Rodgers is ready to make a lateral move. As long as he doesn't think it's a much worse situation, a lateral move out of Green Bay. So you're getting ready to deal with Cincinnati and a young Joe Burrow up and coming, Lamar, and the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. That's a good and point. And if you go to the Broncos, it's no easier. AFC West. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, three-time Super Bowl champion on why the Patriots should not be worried about what Tom Brady did last night. That's next, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.